Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Over 2,000 years ago, Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, said all disease begins in the gut. Fast forward to today, and science is proving this to be true. Our gut health might be to blame for many chronic diseases, such as depression, obesity, autoimmune disease, autism, and even cancer. Today we have with us Dr. Peter Kozlowski, author of Unfunk Your Gut. If you want to boost your immune system, heal your gut, and reach your optimal health, don't go anywhere. I have a gut feeling you're going to enjoy this segment. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a family medicine residency graduate. He's devoted his career to helping uncover the underlying cause of chronic disease through functional medicine. He trained in the clinics with leaders in his field, including Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Deepak Chopra, and Susan Blum. He now serves patients in person and online at his Montana and Chicago-based practices. His award-winning book is called Unfunk Your Gut, a functional medicine guide to boost your immune system, heal your gut, and Unlock your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Peter Kozlowski. It's such an honor to be here. I'm so excited. Um, I love the intro, and you've got me really excited to talk about gut health. Yeah, I'm excited. Like I mentioned, it's it's one of my favorite topics to discuss. Uh, I believe it's the future of medicine lives right there in our gut, stomach, and colon. Share with us what inspired you to write Unfunk Your Gut. One of my life goals always was to write a book, and um, so that was always on my bucket list, and it just kind of came together that once I had spent enough time in the trenches with patients that I felt I had enough experience um, to share my experience of working with people, which is very different than I ever imagined. I mean, I, I started as a family practice doctor. Um, I would have laughed in your face if you would have told me I'd be in functional medicine, practicing functional medicine. But um, my own journey, I, I went into recovery from issues with alcohol, which my recovery was all about the underlying cause. So why did I drink? And that kind of that opened up my mind to this concept of underlying cause. And then I was just introduced to it by one of my attending doctors during residency. We had a doctor, his name's Dr. Batra, that would put every patient on a multivitamin and vitamin D whenever they were admitted to the hospital. We thought it was a joke as residents, as an intern, we would make fun of him. Um, like, why are we doing this? Nobody else does it. And then eventually, one day I kind of asked him after I went through my own recovery, like, why do you do this? Why are you starting vitamins? And he told me I'm studying functional medicine. And he took me to the website and I checked it out and it looked like it made sense. So I signed up for a conference and within an hour, I knew my career could never be the same. And it was all taught from like an anatomy, a physiology, a biochemistry level. It all made sense. So I pursued it. Um, and straight out of residency, I went into my own practice and have been practicing for 10 years now. I think that a big reason to get to the answer to your question is most people that have been diagnosed that have a child diagnosed with autism or have an autoimmune condition or have eczema, they look at me like I'm nuts when I say, let's talk about your gut health, right? Because it's like, well, my issue is in my joints or my skin. Why, why are you talking about the gut? Um, so I think our greatest job as practitioners is education. 
Um, so an initial visit with me was always mostly just education, getting people on the same page to understand the gut uh, the same way that I do and teaching them why Hippocrates was right. You know, when he said that so long ago, and to me, what I always say with that quote is like, ever since he said that everything we've done is destroy our guts, right? Through all the things we've done to our food supply, through all the medications, through the antibiotics, through all the stress, we've, we've kind of gone in the opposite direction of what he knew so long ago. So I, I'm just very passionate, as you could tell, about helping people heal. And we've had success with so many different conditions. Um, and from day one of functional medicine training, they, they tell you over and over, start with the gut, start with the gut. If you're not sure, start with the gut. Um, so that that's just what I did. And in the beginning, my patients taught me a lot. Um, I was coming into it from a very traditional training and I was trying to learn functional medicine. And I had so many patients that had experience with the alternative medicine world that I learned a lot from them. Um, so that's, that's my goal is to share everything that I've put together over the years. Yeah. That's great. Let's talk about food sensitivities. Common problem. So many foods that people had no problem at all eating a few decades ago now cause gut issues. What's changed over the years and, and what's caused everybody's guts to be so sensitive to foods like gluten, especially? So I think it's everything that we've done to our food supply, like the hybridization of wheat started in the 1960s. Right now, over 90% of soy, over 90% of corn are genetically modified. So they, they started really kind of changing the, the protein structure of our foods, and they never did any studies to see how that would affect human beings, right? And those studies still aren't out there, but I mean, it, it just, I, I stick to things that make sense. And to me, if we've changed those proteins and those, like a gluten protein gets into your body through the gut and your immune system looks at it and says, hey, this is an invader, so it attacks. And that's, that's a food sensitivity. So in a lot of people, I actually think a food sensitivity is an is a appropriate response. Like your immune system is defending your body. It's just extremely uncomfortable because our standard American diet is made up of all the foods that are basically all been modified. Right, true. And I know there's a lot of focus on something called the gut-brain connection, and research is now showing the gut can affect everything from our mood, our memory, even our personality. Share with the listeners how our gut and brain are connected. Because again, who thinks, well, I'm here about my brain. What are you talking about down there in my gut? How's it connected? <laughs> yeah, so th this is actually my passion. As, as I mentioned earlier, being in recovery, mental, emotional, spiritual health is kind of what helped me um, and this is the hardest part that I have patients to follow through with. I have patients that'll come in, they will follow the strictest diet, they will take whatever supplements, they will do whatever testing. But when I ask them to look at like what their childhood was like or a trauma that they've experienced, a huge red flag goes up and they're like, you know, just find me the right supplements and, and let's move on. And my experience, I mean, I'm one of my faults is I'm a perfectionist. So I really only focus on people that aren't getting better. And the overlying theme I've seen over the last 10 years is that people that just don't work on that mental, emotional, spiritual part, the physical anatomy of it, it to me, it all comes down to the vagus nerve. We have 12 cranial nerves. Um, cranial nerve number 10 is called the vagus nerve. And what this nerve is, if you 
imagine a highway that runs from your brain to your gut. And this highway is your vagus nerve. And this highway is carrying signals from the brain to the gut and the gut to the brain. Well, the vagus nerve runs on your autonomic nervous system, which is your automatic nervous system. So it's working without you even thinking about it. And that nervous system, we're either in sympathetic or parasympathetic response. Sympathetic is fight or flight. Parasympathetic is rest and digest. So when we're in sympathetic, the brain tells the gut, hey, don't make stomach acid. The gut lining is not important right now. We don't need to keep our tight junctions tight. Our microbiome dies because we're sending energy to other parts of our body to survive. So the analogy I use is, is now that I live in Montana, if you're out hiking in the mountains and you see a grizzly bear, sympathetic nervous system is great because you need to figure out how to survive an encounter like that. It is not great to wake up, check your cell phone, check the news, and right away tell your body, tell your gut that it's fight or flight today, right? We're in survival mode today. And then you sit down, you're having breakfast, but you're like reading the news or you're responding to messages and the gut is trying to digest, but the mind is telling the gut, hey, it's not time right now. So when we activate our vagus nerve through breathing, through present moment awareness, we activate our digestion. We support our gut lining. We support our microbiome. Um, so to me, you know, that that's the missing piece. I mean, there's so much science behind the microbiome and, and all the different gap junctions, but, but like the most important part that I've seen clinically over the years is just admitting that there was trauma or admitting that there's relationship issues and just starting to explore that and getting back into the present moment. Yeah, good info. I just hope that nobody from Nevada law enforcement was listening because you could get into big trouble, buddy, because what goes on in the vagus nerve stays in the vagus nerve. And you, you, <laughs> you let out way too much information there, buddy. That's a secret. <laughs> I love that. Wow, that's great. I've heard in a while. <laughs> hey, one of the you know one of the big concerns, of course, we hear now with the pandemic is the immune system. So we got to touch on that. Research shows our immune system comes from the gut. How does gut health keep us, you know, combating and preventing disease? It starts when you're born. So a, a microbiome starts during a vaginal delivery. The infant picks up probiotics from the vaginal canal. And once we, and then probiotics continue to grow through breast milk and breastfeeding, and then it's our diet and lifestyle. Well, from the very beginning, the probiotics are helping train your immune system. So you, you have your innate and adaptive immunity. Your probiotics help train your immune system to identify invaders versus things that are self. And so when the, for example, They've done stool studies on babies born by C-section and they'll find the same bacteria that was on the delivery nurse's gloves or growing in the hospital in the infant's microbiome. Then your immune system right from birth doesn't start developing properly. So you need those good bacteria, the probiotics, to help train your immune system how to, re to respond to good and bad. 
All right. That makes sense. Uh, speaking of, you know, probiotics, there's a lot of good foods that are probiotic that are excellent. And then diet in general that's better for the gut. What do you recommend? There's keto, vegan, paleo, intermittent fasting. It gets so confusing. What do you feel is the healthiest <laughs> way to eat? Yeah. I, the healthiest way to eat is whatever causes you the least amount of stress, which a lot of people think is crazy. And they, you know, there's so many, like you mentioned, all these diets, yeah. that, you know, and I have one friend that, that'll tell me he's a raw vegan and that's the only way. And then you have another person that tells you like only eat paleo. And then another person will say, you know, the only way to treat candida is to follow an anti-candida diet. To me, it's, you know, if, if, being vegan stresses you out too much. It's not going to be beneficial. If it doesn't and it, and it helps, it makes you happy, then great. But in regards to determining what to eat, what not to eat, to me, the first step is always an elimination diet. That is, in my opinion, the only reliable way to identify food sensitivities. So I always recommend starting with that. Start with the elimination diet and then make your other focus nine to 12 servings of vegetables and fruit a day. That's basically three servings for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Most people in America eat like one to four. And when you eat that many servings of vegetables and fruit, you could be vegan, you could be paleo, you could be whatever. You just don't have room for the, all the other junk that we eat because you're kind of full of the vegetables and fruit. So I, I always like to keep things super simple. Um, there's different diets that we use if we're treating SIBO or Candida or whatever. But for somebody that's just kind of wants to follow a general diet, do an elimination diet, which we explain thoroughly in the book, and then focus on, you know, eliminate any foods that you're sensitive to and just focus on the nine to 12 servings of vegetables and fruit a day. And I think your diet will be pretty decent yeah, and basically you're you're pushing a, a diversity in the diet, which I've read is good for the microbiome. Follow the rainbow. Exactly. Right? The microbiome loves diversity, so that's great. Now, if you had to pick public enemy number one, the one food ingredient that wreaks havoc the most on the gut, what is your pick? Sugar. Added sugar. Sugar's number one. Yeah, we we eat so much sugar. I mean, it's it's in everything. We went through like the whole like demonizing fat as being such a problem. So fat was taken out of food. Well, they needed to add something to give it flavor. So they'd used sugar and it's just that that sets off the whole insulin and cortisol response, which those are the two hormones you don't want to be elevated are insulin and cortisol. So too much sugar it's going to make, like when we talk about an imbalanced microbiome, we talk about dysbiosis, it, it's going to help dysbiotic bacteria flourish. A lot of people have heard of candida. Candida loves to eat sugar, feed off sugar. So I, I think if we had to pick public enemy number one, it's sugar. Where does dairy fall? Are you pro-dairy or anti-dairy for the gut? Um, I'm, I'm kind of neutral. I'd say more anti, I, I, I lean, you know, usually I fall in the, in the middle of the spectrum on most things. My, my approach is with dairy. It, it is the number two most common food sensitivity I find. So that, that's where I'm a little bit against dairy, um, because so many people are sensitive to it, but you know, there, so my advice is to do an elimination diet, see if you react to dairy if you don't, I mean, I think anything in small quantities is okay. And when it comes to any kind of like cow products or animal products, 
my advice always is just to eat animals that themselves have been treated well, right? So cows that are out grazing in the grass and not locked up in pens and eating genetically modified grains and soys and corns, but free ranging, you know, cows that are roaming. I think that dairy from those sources can be okay if you're not sensitive to it. Yeah, that's so true. Now, in the beginning of 2022, and everybody's focused on weight loss, and there are many people that eat healthily, they exercise regularly, but they still cannot lose weight. Could the key to finally attaining permanent weight loss be achieved by focusing on a healthy microbiome? I think that there's multiple factors that um, they've they've specifically shown studies that there's they've looked at the bacteria in the microbiome. And there's this ratio you can look at called firmicutes to bacteroides. And they found people that with a higher firmicutes ratio will be more prone to weight gain. Um, so that's definitely something you can do gut related um, in regards to weight loss. But to me, the, a, lot, a missing piece that a lot of people miss is cortisol and stress, um, which is equally obviously going to affect your gut. But when your cortisol stays elevated throughout the day, your body makes more sugar, which makes more insulin, and then we store that sugar as fat. So again, if we're like super stressed out about following the strict calorie diet or like exercising three hours a day, you can it could be a detriment to your weight loss because the whole time you're releasing all this extra cortisol, which is going to help you, cause you to gain weight. Yeah, good point. I know there's a lot of people listening and, and, and they've heard in the news all this exposure to these gut-destroying chemicals in our water. We hear about it in our food, our cookware, even the containers we store our food in. What can they do to detox and cleanse their gut? Is there something that you recommend, a, a protocol, a nutritional product? I'll be publishing a second book in uh, October of 22 called Get the Funk Out. And it's going to be all about what you just asked. It's going to be half about hormone. I've already written it. We're just in the editing process. But it's, it's about hormones and it's about toxins. And when it comes to environmental toxins, the three main classes that I see that I work with are heavy metals like lead, um, which can come from water, um, mercury, arsenic, cesium, thallium. Number two is mold, um, mold mycotoxins. Um, and number three is kind of some of that environmental stuff like the herbicides, the pesticides, glyphosate, um, the chemicals from memory foam mattresses and organophosphates and that stuff. So um, the, the biggest thing people can do is clean up their environment. The best way to detox is to stop exposure. Um, in regards to looking a really high yield, I think, source that I'm sure you're familiar with is the environmental working group, EWG. So women, you know, it, one of the things that I talk about is the amount of like toxins that women are exposed to with healthcare or with skincare products. And so like EWG, you can go on there and it'll give you a toxicity rating on your cleaning supplies, on your lipstick, on your deodorant. Um, so getting the toxin, stopping the exposure is the best thing that people can do. After that, I recommend getting with a functional medicine doctor. You can test your body for all these things and then tailor a detox specifically to whatever toxin you're dealing with. Yeah, good point. You know, it's the leaky hole in the bucket. You know, you can show people how to 
you know, get rid of it all, but then there's pouring more on top. So you're right, you got to address it from both sides, what's in the body and, and the pouring on top of it. You're being exposed over and over. You're never going to get that bucket leak, uh, to bucket empty if you're drinking all these chemicals. So hopefully your book's going to talk about water filters, it's going to talk about, you know, yep. food and all that because there's so much of it, even things you just buy at the, the grocery store and stuff. And, and even, you know, plastic shower curtains create this, you know, exactly. there's so many things we don't think of. You got to play detective. I mean, you really do. You, you got to get, get the funk out of your head <laughs> and learn this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So true. Yeah, absolutely. So true. And the minute we have left, anything else you'd like to share that we didn't cover today? I feel like we hit a lot, a lot of high yield topics and, you know, my, my, parting advice for people is, is that all the, the testing and the microbiome and toxins are super important and you should get tested for that stuff. But in the meantime, the best thing that someone can do is just dig into the, their mental, emotional, spiritual health, and that will allow you to detox better. That will allow your gut to heal. Um, and so that, that, that's what I really just encourage people to explore because the rest of the stuff finding toxins, finding gut imbalances, that stuff is easy. Um, finding, you know, getting into the root causes of, of, you know, what's happened is the difficult stuff. Fantastic. Well said. I want to thank you, thank you for joining us today and let, letting this interview flow and uh, so we can learn this uh, funk stuff that we need to get out of our body and, and uh, stuff to bring in. To get your copy of Unfunk Your Gut, go to doc. Koz.com. That's doc-koz.com. And while there, be sure and check out his videos and his informative blog post. And you can follow him on Facebook at Dr. Koz, K-O-Z. And on Instagram, he's at doc underscore Koz. And for my daily Facebook post, I'm at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, it's at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard something today that would benefit somebody that you know, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com. Peruse our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself. So if you know somebody that has a gut, they need to hear this. That's pretty much everybody, unless you hate somebody's guts, then don't send them this because, hey, you don't want them to get healthy. <laughs> Sharing is caring. And you can subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned, stay well, and keep your gut healthy. <laughs>